I'm Richard Lannan, rides with Canon, and this is the Glazing Insider Industry Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Nozzle. The Nozzle team captures photos, videos and drone footage from locations across the UK to create content for your social media and case studies for your website. To find out more about Nozzle's pay-as-you-go and monthly packages, visit nozzle.media. Welcome to the podcast dedicated to the people of the glazing industry. In this episode, I talk with Lisa Sturrock, who is the commercial director at Abacus Agents. In this conversation, Lisa talks us through her fenestration journey all the way from how it started to the position she's in today. So without further ado, let's get started. Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. How did you get into the fenestration world? Um, I moved over to Scotland from Ireland in 1999, um, joined industry in 2001, actually working for a competitor of Abacus Agents, um, worked there and um, got offered an office manager job in Abacus Agents in 2004, so that was my first role in the industry. Right. Um, I'd done that for about two, three years, I think, um, and then fancied doing external sales. Um, so I asked Bob from Kenny to, to would be interested in putting me out, out on externally. So my first external sales job was west of Scotland, sales rep, selling window and door hardware. Right. So what did you do before? I worked for a company um, in Ireland, basically, again, and to do with sales, but it was more to do with kind of the whiskey trade. So we would design right. the bottles, go on to come over to the the whiskey bureaus over here and run the bottles down the line. Right. And how did you get into that? Uh, it was just a local company um, back home that basically had, and uh, they serviced Scotland and Ireland. Uh, my job within the seals department was basically helping to design the bottles, and it was a whiskey, whiskey area that I dealt with. Wow. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. Did you go from there from school then? Did you go to, into whiskey? Or what did no, you that? Um, I, I was actually doing an accounts and business degree. All right. in Belfast and I'd done two years there and much disappointed my parents had decided not to finish it. Right. Um, I just had enough of university and decided I wanted to get a job so I went from there into Quinn Glass, worked in the office, worked my way up, done the sales and eventually shifted to Scotland in 1999. So you've always been in a sales background though yes. haven't you? Mm-hmm. And is it is that because you enjoy sales? Love it. Yeah, it's just the way I'm wired. And you're good at sales, otherwise you wouldn't be in the sales job anymore. I would say I'm more kind of people's person. I enjoy speaking to customers. I love the face-to-face contact. Didn't like the teams and the Zoom calls. I prefer the kind of face-to-face getting to know the, the customer, find out what they need and, and service on that. Mm-hmm. And that's why you asked for the role that you're in. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was the office manager was okay, but you wanted to be back out. I again. wanted to get out, yeah. I wanted to get out externally. So I went from being the rep uh, for the West Coast to being sales manager to my role being sales director over the whole of Scotland. So you go right to the top, all the way back down. Well, days. originally when I was the rep, I would have only done the West Coast. So Abacus is split into the Dundee branch, basically right. um, service the East Coast, and then the West Coast would be um, Glasgow. Um, so my area wouldn't have been as widespread as the, as the East Coast end of it. But from Falkirk, Stirling, all the way down to Dumfries, basically would have my first sales. 
Um, and then as I moved into sales manager, I was more over a team of two. So I wouldn't be out as much as them. I'd maybe be out maybe once a week with each of the reps, just going around from Inverness, Aberdeen, down to Dumfries. Um, and as I say, now you're sales director. So when you joined the fenestration industry, with your experience in other sales roles, how did you see it? How different was it to everything else? Not not a lot, I don't think. Um, when I think of the sales process and with the, the Quinn Glass, it was... Um, it's a product you were processing. It was interesting actually seeing the design coming through, going and look at it. With the Abacus, we were originally set up as more IG components, so basically like your double glazed units. Then we moved into the window and door hardware probably about 15, 16 years ago. And that's what I enjoyed more, more the kind of the technical um, aspect of it. Probably the last six, seven years, then we moved more into the advanced, the locks, the to tilt and turns again, yeah, the more technical end of it, and I think that's what I enjoyed most. Right. And I suppose all your knowledge has just come from seeing the products, yeah. selling them, Seal and, and building it up over the years. It, going into the factories, looking at the product, understanding it. Um, yeah, I think that's the, to be fair, I think that any any sales rep has to be out looking at the product and seeing how it, how it works to understand it. Yeah, which is good because... Some salespeople, when they move from industry to industry, they don't necessarily pick up all that information and they just want to, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's, and you find that interesting. I love it. As sad as it sounds, I really do enjoy it. No, it's, it's a good thing because, as I said, not <laughs> yeah. everyone does. But it's it's kind of, I like to say, it's this, it's this industry, it sort of captures you. And it does. Otherwise, uh, you'd have been gone a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, I am 22 years now in it and uh, you, you just couldn't get, you can't get away from it. You do enjoy it. It's the people, to be fair, there's a lot to do with it as well. You know, you end up build, be knowing people, building a relationship up, watching their company grow, which is nice to see. Um, but no, it's a good industry. It's a good industry. And do you ever travel into England at all, or is that a completely separate area? It's a completely separate area. We do do Northern Ireland. So I'd go over a bit once a month over to Northern Ireland. Uh, we've only a couple of customers over there, and that was more through my contacts back home. Needing a product eventually went over, and that's why we eventually went that direction. So Abacus, how big is that as a company? Uh, we've got currently about 24 staff. Um, right. We've got two branches, one based in Dundee, one based in, in Glasgow. We had a great year this year. Um, we've turned just under 8 million turnover this uh -huh. year, which was pretty good. I would say we're probably doing better than our competitors in the industry at the moment. And we're, we've, we've grew probably over the last four or five years and doing well as a company. Great company, actually. And how did it start then? So who... Originally, it was set up by Bob Sturrock Sr., um, which was Kenny and Bob's dad, um, and he brought the two guys in. Um, Bob exited the business probably, about, I would say, about 18 years ago now, and Kenny and Bob took over. They've now since company been bought over um, a year now, and it's myself now running the company and Karen Axon. Right. Mm -hmm. I see. So how has that changed things for you? Uh, exciting. Uh, very exciting. Um, as I say, I was mostly all to do more with sales, where now I'm kind of staff costs completely different. It's still a big learning curve and there's still a lot to learn, but no, I'm enjoying it and it is exciting. Mm -hmm. And when the opportunity was there, was it a no-brainer for you? Yes, yeah. it definitely was. I was glad, in fact, when I was approached to say, would I stay on to help run the company, myself and Karen, it was, I was delighted, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I've been in the industry for 22 years, what else would I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm guessing then, uh, sort of with those 
numbers and that amount of staff that's 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 the right balance really you're not yeah. overstaffed no. and it gives you good potential to make some money i'm it guessing does. it is it, it's it's a nice number to control yeah um as i say it is still very new there's a lot of stuff i'm still learning um so no all going well so how far back does the history of the company go when was it started oh we're now 33 years 33 33 years this year mm-hmm. 33 years yeah and still still growing still going strong yeah 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 two new investors have now they're looking more to kind of like uh, hit england look other companies maybe to buy in to kind of help improve our product uh, range um so all very exciting mm-hmm. and with everything on that note uh how do you see sort of the likes of smart and things like that coming in as a hardware because i suppose you've, you've got to be in there that's where i would say our growth came from the last five years we've brought a lot of new product lines in as i say mark bromley and the team i've known for the last five six years great supplier uh, very keen to work with you and we've kind of grew together i like that it's it's i, I think most people find with smart now it, it's coming whether it, they like it, it or is, not it is and you've got to either be on board or bury you your do. head in the sand and see what happens you but do. it's everywhere it's everywhere and why not put it into your windows and doors? As I say, you look around you, everything's all smart technology. Yeah. I mean, yeah, most people have got an app on your phone, you can turn everything off. Yeah. I know I we can yeah. turn most things on and off. Lights, heating, yeah. The yeah. next thing is your, your security around your house. Yeah, so it makes sense. And sort of from that sense, you see it as a positive. You're not seeing it as it's going to take away sales from other areas. It's going to improve a- um, sales. And it, um, you're not only got like a standard door lock or a standard bag, you're putting something more interest, something very simple, but secure. And it's actually going to help our customers grow as well. You work with quite a few different brands then? Yeah, we work with Fantas. We've also quite uh, one of the biggest distributors for Seguinia, Tilt and Turn. Wow. We've done quite well over again. That's where our growth is for the last four or five years. A lot of big contracts. Era, Fab and Fix, Avocet. You know, we, we're not... We're not just, we're a distributor. So basically we're very much led by what our customer wants. Did it originally, the company start in Scotland? Yes. It's not, right, I see. Yeah. So, so It's a Scottish company here. Right. We deliver everything all our own vans. It originally, as I say, Bob Senior started off in his car, would drive around a couple of glaziers. What they need, he would go and source it and bring it back. And that's how they originally Abacus would have set up. Wow. Mm-hmm. Ah. Then to get to this stage, so was it for you sort of coming into this? Was it easy? Was it an easy as in the job getting it? Um, you mean externally going out in external sales? Yeah. Um, I would say no, not at the start. It wasn't. I think when I first, because we think about this is about eighteen, nineteen years ago when I first went out on the road, it was very much male, male. Um, I would go into a couple of calls. You would get you don't really know what you're talking about kind of thing you know and it's only as you get to know you and they realize that you do that you become more accepted now i would say there's a lot probably more externally women sales rep managers out there than than men i don't know what that is maybe we're user scarves or something I don't know. But, yeah i mean it's a very male dominated industry but did you do you see it as a good or a bad thing being a woman in the industry uh probably a good thing yeah yeah Coming in as a woman, we did like you say you had to work a little bit harder, and it's yeah. probably like age w- with me. I sort of would go out to sell, and I had to sort of prove myself yes. within a few minutes, otherwise you'd lost them. That's right. Um, yeah. But mm-hmm. that was consumers. So B two B is a completely different level, yeah. and you're up against business owners. Yeah, the, the ones that are, are yeah. trying to get absolutely yeah. every single penny out of you. Yeah, 
they are hard they don't yeah. care no. you know you have you'll... to stand your ground yes you have to stand your ground you do um, yeah and prove yourself that you know that you're talking what you're talking about and if you solve a problem you know great you're going to get back in again you know you're going to see what for products you can kind of source for them to, to fix their problem yeah with, with the industry the way it is i i think you're right i think it is changing it and for the better and there are more yeah. women coming into yeah. these positions yeah and I think a lot of it, though, comes down to individuals and their experience. Mm -hmm. I think it's like most things. There's only you know one person that doesn't have the knowledge that sort of tarnishes it for everyone. But yes. I think if you come in, you've got the, the experience, yeah. you can answer their questions. They can't fault it. It doesn't matter no. what gender no. you are. You're doing the job that you're supposed to. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's a good thing. That's what I wanted to hear. And that's why I had to ask that question. Yeah. So, But uh, sales generally... How do you find, because you've done, you've been in sales now a long time mm -hmm. and I never classed myself as a salesperson. I was more of an order taker because all I had to do was make sure that we designed the windows and yeah. everything was right. And you get mm -hmm. this, you know, yeah. but you do pick up on people that are starting to waste your time. You do pick up on, uh, you know, there's no point in me even visiting this one. They're not ready and yeah. that kind of thing. But how did you, over the years, have you sort of, how have you coped with things like being ignored? Because of course you reach out to someone and I, I suppose your days of reaching out are not as much as you, you know. I think be fair, if I'm ignored, it makes me kind of work harder to, 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 to get it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't just walk away. I want to kind of prove a point that, you know, that we can help you as a company. The products we have, you know, will be beneficial for you. So I, I don't walk away. It's, it's, it's a bad trait, I don't know. But No, that's a, that's a good thing because yeah. if you can, I mean. I think that's sales. That's yeah. sales, you know, you have to have that drive, you have to have that fire in your belly to go in and say, I will get that sale. And then when you get that sale, that's the best feeling ever. <laughs> is it, uh, it's a uh, professional persistence. Yes. Yeah. Is, is, is how it's. That's exactly it's what it is. Yeah, professional persistence. And it's in the likes of, without giving up trade secrets and things like that, I suppose your reps now, they're in a position where, with times changing, of course, LinkedIn wasn't a thing years ago and things yes. like that. So do you have to utilize all these avenues? We definitely do. And we probably need to do a lot more of it. I'm a bit more of a dinosaur uh, end of it where we've just recently recruited somebody just to start to, to start to do stuff like the LinkedIn, the Twitter, the Facebook, you know, to, to reach out to different fabricators and installers. Unfortunately, I'm not that person. I'm not very good on the social media, but uh, we've employed people to, to start looking into that to promote the company and also promote the products. Yeah, because it's it's like most things. Um, the more shit about yourself, people yeah. hear it, and it's it's yeah. the way it is. It yeah. is the way forward. Um. But Ghana, the days. Do you think there's still? I've been talking to people recently, and and the cold calls are almost with COVID and everything like that. Like as you said, no one sort of a sales point of view is very difficult to sell on a Zoom call. Yeah, and I suppose with all your experience, you probably found that face to face works best. Definitely. Definitely. It's where you build a relationship. You can actually tell, as you say, you know, is it a waste of time? You can you can read the person better face by face. Yeah. Um, so definitely you need you need to face to face contact. I don't like the Zoom calls. I don't like the Teams calls. Yeah. In a way, it's quicker because you can probably do about eight, nine calls on a Zoom or a team where you're fit to do five. A lot of people don't really want to see the cold call anymore. I know the two reps that work with Abacus Agents have got their set calls, you know, and they have to have firm appointments because... You're prepared. You know exactly what you're going to speak to that customer about. The customer's aware of what you're coming into. So mm. it's a better call. It's a better call. Yeah. 
It's, I've talked to people as well and they've been trying to use Zoom just for that quick, yep. if you just sort of, you know, initial chat because it saves you travelling yep. anywhere in the country sometimes yep. and then you can work out there is something here, I need to come and see I you. I need to come face to face, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah. To, the, as you say, the teams of the Zoom for your initial contact to find out, you know, you know, is it going to be beneficial, but you definitely need to face to face contact to see the deal. And cold call it, yeah, because I remember a lot of reps would just turn up at, at the office yeah. and chance it. And, I, you know, I, I sort of never understood it because I probably never had to do it in that sense. I was never go at cold calling consumers. Yeah. It was always uh, a lead and usually a warm lead as well. Yeah. So I admired yeah. uh, all the reps that turned up. Yeah. But, you know, if they were trying to see my dad or someone like that, I, I'd say, Poof. You know, he could be yeah. the other side of, you know, yeah. the the county at this point. Yeah. You, you need to, you know, book an appointment. Yeah. And they go, oh, yeah, we're just trying it. But I, I appreciate the, the sort of day, yeah. the amount of cold calls that some companies yeah. make their reps make. I think it's more um, where you would have set calls throughout the day. But sometimes plans could change or yeah. somebody has an appointment cancelled. So it's good to have the cold call to fill that gap. Um, both our reps are encouraged, at least, to do so many cold calls a month. Yeah, it's, no, it's still, it's, it, I think we've come, some people, they sort of see it, and I had a marketing conversation recently, and it's sort of getting into places to start that conversation is, is becoming harder, uh, because yeah. there's so much noise, everyone's busy, every, you're sort of on the back end of COVID, and, yeah. you know, we had that great couple of years, and of course, now it's getting quieter, everyone's sort of looking at it in a different way. So I'm just intrigued because of your sales background, you've got more experience than most when it comes to sales. And it's sort of, it's nice to sort of hear that it's it's sort of, it's still there. It's still around. I would say the last 12 months is probably the most competitive I've seen in the industry in a long time. And I think if you don't have that rep out chapping the doors, you're not going to get it. You could happen to pop over into a factory where there's a, they're, they are having an issue, you know, and you get that opportunity then to come in and to, to solve that issue. But um, I would say that probably the last 12 months is probably the most competitive I've, I've ever seen, I don't know, in the 22 years I've been here. And I can imagine, as I said before, price is, is important, but it's not, it it's not it's not everything, is it? It's service has a lot to do with it too, but I, I understand you have to be competitive and have the correct product. Yeah, but service, and oh, that's interesting then. So a lot more people, are, especially these days you know where they've had issues perhaps in the last couple of years supply and things like that I, I suppose that side is is you know to some extent to some people it's worth more than the money side yeah i would say that because before we deliver we deliver in our own vans we don't use carriers at all um a lot of our customers you know we've built over the years and still deal with us for the last 20 30 years so when they do have an issue they will ring us and say right this is what i've got what can you do for us and I think that's a lot to do with it too, you know. Yeah, prices, everybody has to be competitive. Everybody has to make money uh, on both sides. But a lot to do with service and, and how you deal with issues, how you resolve. Yeah. And I suppose having your own vans means that if you've got to deliver something, it might not make financial sense, but it will keep your customer happy. It definitely. It arrives on time. You're not waiting for a carrier. It's not going to arrive damaged. We've got set days that we do certain areas. So the customers are aware that we would deliver their Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But if we need it, if they, you know, they need something urgent, we would we would change the route around to make sure we were there the day they need it. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, so starting off in sales, did you always have the vision of becoming a sales director one day? I think where originally when I was in as office manager, I enjoyed it. I actually watched the sales reps out. There's no better feeling 
than getting that sale. And I've seen other sales reps doing it. I decided I'd like to try it. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. As I say, myself and the team grew it. But no, it's what it's the way I'm wired. It's, I, I love it. I do enjoy the sales end of it. It's the face-to-face contact. It's the people. It's building the relationships. And as I say, watching watching the companies grow. Yeah, and it's uh, when I was in sales, my wife used to just say, "You just talk to people all day." And I was like, "Well, that that is, is sales. It That's is. kind of it it's is. all the, the the bit that I didn't like was the admin side of things yeah. and getting the paperwork ready. So <laughs> if that can be with yeah. someone else, but it was a necessary evil. You couldn't get that sale unless you had no. the paperwork. So no. you just had to grin and bear it sometimes. But I, you spend all day talking to you people. Do. You do. It is. It's a good. It, it, you build your relationship. People do buy off people. Okay, you have to have the right price and you have the right product, but people do buy off people. And if you build a relationship with that customer, they're going to trust you. You know, you deliver a good service and you, you help hopefully solve a couple of problems. So even if you get a point blank, no, we're happy with our supplier, how do you sort of treat that? No. Just keep going. No. <laughs> That's, I'm that's, just I'm intrigued about your process though. Do you sort of do you reach out with like a phone call or like no, a, an email? Um, originally, you maybe maybe might be a cold call. Um, you have certain customers that have always bought off a certain supplier, and you just don't not contact them because then you go behind the scenes. So you'd send like maybe an odd email, you know, you know, just let you know this is what we've got new, couple of kind of like features and benefits, so how we can kind of see them time on the bench, just a couple of wee niggly things to keep them interested, you know drop a couple of calendars off it's just keeping there always in the background that when they need you that, that you'll be there no oh, i like that it's um the reason why i ask a lot of these questions as well because there's other people listening and some just smaller companies and they might not even be in the hardware game but it sort of applies so right, okay. especially when i've got some of your kind of experience in sales it's nice to sort of pick your brain yeah. a little bit that's why yeah. that's quite a journey and we've reached the point where i have three questions okay first question in the whole of your journey, is there a low point that sticks out for you? I think for us all was when lockdown happened, um, when COVID hit and um, a lot of people had to kind of close the business. I think that was probably the lowest point, I would say, for anybody in this industry because there was a lot of worries of what companies are going to be there when we come back. Um, um, I would say that's probably the lowest. Um, and at that time you were a sales manager? I was sales manager, yes. Uh, yes, so yes. still a lot on your shoulders. It was still a lot of shoulders, yeah. So it was. <laughs> I was only off for about probably 10 to 12 weeks based on, on that, but a long time when you're used to getting up at half six in the morning and going to your work. <laughs> yeah. House was tidy, garden was neat. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh-huh. And then the flip side of that, is there a high point that sticks out for you? I'd say probably the high point would be winning the account of Winter Supply Company. Um, they've grew over the last... Four, well, four years on their new journey. Yeah. Um, so great company, uh, great company. Location-wise, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, makes perfect sense. It does make perfect sense. And they're growing. And again, our plan to move more down towards England, they're the same, looking to open branches down there. So it's a good fit. Brilliant. Last question, which is sometimes the hardest. If you had to spend two weeks on a desert island with someone from within the fenestration world, who would it be? I would say it would have to be Mark Bromley at Advantis. Uh, he's a good guy, great company. And I know he'll probably buy me a few cocktails while I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like Mark. Yeah, it does. Lisa, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you very much. And it's an open invitation. You're welcome back anytime. So uh, uh, let's know how we're getting on. Let's uh, see I'll, how we get on with the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. Great. Thank Take you. Take care.
That was a great conversation with Lisa. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you'd like to hear more podcasts like this one, consider subscribing. Otherwise, thank you for listening. Until next time.